Trash Can TV presents different recruiting campaigns for the military branches of the U.S. Army! Do you like drinking Redline? Do you like hanging out with your buddies all night? Do you like strapping tube mattresses and jumping off the top of a building to see if you're going to die or not? Well, that's why you should join the Army, because that's what we do every single day. Navy. You know, if you like being in really confined spaces, and if you really like to uh, go around with your, your shipmates and your being at sea, I would recommend being in the Navy, because it's really fun, and we just we have a good time. And uh, the food's nice, and uh, yeah, I, w I would recommend it. Marines. Have you ever wanted to run your hand through the wall? Has your mom ever told you, you probably should pee on medication? And you said, you know what, I'm not on any medication. Then join the Marines. If you've ever wanted to stab somebody and it be legal, the Marines are for you. The Air Force. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Dan Smith, Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force. I'm here to talk to you today about uh, great opportunities in the Air Force and why you should join. The Air Force has always been very, very kind and, you know, you really won't have to work that hard. The rest of the branches, they think they're all that, but this is really the spot where you can make the money without uh, having to really risk it or uh, do, do very much. So I would recommend you join us, and also on our bases it's better. We, we actually have Papa John's and not stuff like Ant. And last, but not least, Space Force. Well guys, we're new, and uh... We have plenty of grant money right now, and, uh, you know, if, if you're really, really keen on things and want gonna go to space and stuff, even though we're not actually doing that right now, um, and we're, we're defending things and satellites and stuff and watching that stay, if you like, if you like monitoring things primarily, then, then that's what we have, but we have monsters in the fridge. And, uh, we've got all the, all the gaming systems you could ever want in the corner. That's pretty much what we're going to do, and that's what we'd like to do. And, uh, oh, there's a GameStop across the street. We like to go over there a lot. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the special 4th of July edition of the Donut Box Podcast. Happy 4th of July to all of our American folks. Uh, if you're listening abroad, it really does not pertain to you, I guess. Uh, our friends in the UK, I know this is a soggy time for you guys. A little bit of a sore spot. Just kidding. We love all of our UK people. Hey, it's okay. You lost, pal. You can deal with it. Just joking. We love our UK folks. Yeah, we also have listeners in Singapore. We also have people in Germany. We also have people in uh, Canada, man. Canada is great. We also have people in uh, Iowa, people in Massachusetts, people in New York, people in Pittsburgh. We, act, we got some listeners in Pittsburgh. So All the areas yeah. where the country was founded up in the Northeast, shout out up there. Um, and, you know, shout out to even Georgia. It was part of the 13 colonies, even though it was a prison colony. Just FYI. So, uh, you know, Georgia's kind of the Australia of the United States. Think about it. I was literally just about to say that. I was like, Georgia is the Australia of the United States. But uh, we're going to jump into our first segment, which is the Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. Or, instead of our story, we're going to do his story, history, or her story, if you're into all that good stuff. 
Uh, but we're going to do a, sto- a couple of stories from America's past. These are like some uh, not so well-known stories about America. Uh, when I was reading these, I didn't actually know any of these. So uh, you ready to hop in? Yeah, let's do it. Did you know that there was actually, instead of the 13 original colonies, there was actually going to be a 14th original colony before uh, they decided to become a nation? Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. What was the 14th colony going to be and where was it going to be? Well, I misspoke. Not the colony, but it was going to be the almost 14th state. And it was going to be called Franklin. It Franklin was going to be a state. Uh, and it's actually in the region of East Tennessee now. So in 1784, uh, right after the American Revolution, the newly formed U.S. Congress was deep into a lot of debt. And then the state of North Carolina voted to give or to sell 29 million acres of land uh, around Tennessee to Mississippi to Congress to ease its financial troubles. The government had two years to accept responsibility for the area However, uh, there were a lot of sellers that feared that they would be left to handle the Cherokee uh, Native Americans alone. And they were also scared that Congress was going to sell the territory off to a foreign entity to help them get out of debt. So the North Carolinians, I think that's how you say it or what you call them, they said, you know what? No, we're going to take back our offer. We evaluated the situation. We're going to take it back. We're going to reclaim authority over the land. And this is in the eastern Tennessee area. Now, there are a few people that were not happy with North Carolina's decision, and a couple frontiersmen from the region sought to establish their own land as a separate independent state, and they were going to call it Franklin. So not Franklin, but Franklin. Um, in August of 1784, uh, the counties from Franklin, uh, they gathered in Jonesboro and elected leaders for their new state, and they even drafted a state constitution. Uh, they petitioned Congress for statehood in 1785. Seven out of 13 existing U.S. states voted in favor, but this was less than the two-thirds majority. Uh, right, The Articles of Confederation said two-thirds of the people got to agree. So attempting to try to leverage their situation and get some traction for this new state, Franklin Le- Frankland leaders changed the name of the area to Franklin in an attempt to get support from the founding father, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, so he said, no, no way. Um, but apparently Franklin existed for over four years, but it never became a state. That's really interesting. No, I didn't know that at all. I, had no I never knew that. that. I was like, wow, that could have been the 14th state. So north, like from Tennessee, parts of Mississippi could have been its own little, uh, own little region there. Yeah, crazy. Um, so next one that I have is, um, it's about West Virginia. And the Coal Wars. Did you know there was an actual war that happened a little bit after the Civil War? No, I did not know this. So apparently in the late 1800s, uh, there was a war in West Virginia, and it was between coal miners and coal companies who employed them. So for decades, apparently the West Virginia coal fields, of, I'm sure everybody's heard, or if you don't know, it was really low wages, and you know they were, had really shoddy tools, and it was really unsafe. And uh, unionizing was out of the question at the time. It wasn't until the early 1900s in our country that unions became a thing and was, you know, unionizing back then was definitely not a, not a thing. Uh, so due to strict contracts and things like that, it would just mean for immediate termination if you even tried to unionize, things like that. 
have you i'm sure that some of you have heard about the hatfields and the mccoys have you heard about them bris yeah a lot of people sing about it in old country songs from like the 70s they be like the hatfields and the mccoys and people all in the country are all I mean, this is this is part of it, but um, so the United Mine Workers Union succumbed to local pressure to organize in the area, um, in that county where the coal miners were, and so thousands of the miners joined, and this was in the early 1900s at this point. Inevitably, the, all the miners were fired, so those who lived in the company-owned homes were greeted by private detectives hired by the coal company, and they basically were all evicted. So I guess at the time, it makes sense, you know, the um, the mines also had owned where you lived pretty much. And so they all got booted. They tried to bribe the mayor to place machine guns on the roof of the town buildings. And the mayor refused, um, essentially because everybody was obviously mad. I mean, they were getting evicted from their homes and everything like that. So literally, they had to they wanted to put machine guns on the roof of of the town buildings to begin with because they knew these people were going to riot once they kicked them out but they said no so essentially they had to go on with their duty evicted everybody and so the town police chief sid hatfield confronted the group um and said okay all of you are under arrest for kicking everybody out and then a gunfight ultimately ensued where 10 men were killed including the mayor Wow, that's uh, interesting, very interesting. And so on the orders of Warren G. Harding, the battle finally came to an end because they uh, they sent the, the military down there and stopped it. 10,000 Union men. 10,000 Union men forevermore. Okay, well, that's a very interesting story. No, I did not know that. Did you know that we actually technically have had a first female U.S. president? Uh, it's not really like recorded on the books. But we have technically had a first female U.S. president. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't. What kind of uh, by association? Um, so, of course, in the early 1900s, uh, President Woodrow Wilson was the president and he lost his first wife. Right. So then he decided that he was going to get remarried again. And he married uh, a lady named Edith uh, in 1915. So right as the World War One was wrapping up. Uh, the president went to uh, attend Europe to the Paris Peace Conference and tried to do all that. Well, apparently, after he got back, he had a big stroke, and he was paralyzed and bedridden. And so instead of telling the pres- president that, hey, you probably need to pass this off to uh, the vice president, you need to re- resign, uh, his wife, Edith, took on a number of his duties, and uh, she basically hid it from the public. She basically was the acting president. Um, from the time of his stroke to the end of his term in 1921, she was the only connection between the president and the other officials. And she was so serious about this uh, that when the secretary of state conducted a cabinet meeting without her being there, she had him fired. She had him removed from office. Um, and she also uh, refused an opportunity for the president uh, to accept this opportunity from the League of Nations. Um, so she was basically calling the shots. Uh, she analyzed every message delivered to the president, barred all officials from bringing in business, assisted him in completing any necessary task. And she basically was running the whole country while the man was bedridden. So she was technically our first female U.S. president, and that was just kept very secret. 
from the country. That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. I will say this. I'm sure there's been other first ladies that have kind of ran the puppet strings in the background. Oh, yeah. At some point as well. But probably probably not in that same circumstance. There hasn't been too many presidents that have been bedridden. Yeah. After she was a stroke. she was a shot caller. She was doing the things, man. She was doing the things. Well, speaking of our government, let's talk about uh did you know about the time that the government intentionally poisoned alcohol? Man, I didn't even know that at all. Please enlighten me. <laughs> so I'll tell you this much. In the early nineteen hundreds, if you don't know, uh here in the United States we had what was called the prohibition of alcohol, which literally meant that it was prohibited to drink um, or sell it, anything like that. So it was a big matter of debate, all that good jazz. The U.S. entered the First World War, and the proponent of prohibition in Congress was um, outnumbering the opposition, so it ends up winning. So a new national alcohol ban happens. 1917, it literally passed, and they had to empty out all the alcohol everywhere, and I just remember the textbook seeing the pictures of like the big barrels and of you know beer or whatever, and people taking axes to it and having to pour it all out and everybody looking ticked off. The war had concluded in 1919, and the prohibition of alcohol was still gone, uh, or still in place. It's banning the production and sale of intoxicating liquors. So that's literally you can't sell it, can't have it. So what happened was Americans found creative ways to get around things and essentially there were people called bootleggers who uh, would take industrial alcohols like rubbing alcohols or you know for medications or healing purposes or different alcohols like that and they would resell them or repackage them as beverages so the profits became so prevalent that the treasury department ordered the manufacturers uh, to poison the industrial uh, alcohols with additives uh, to essentially kill people who are redistributing that way. And apparently it crippled up to 100,000 American drinkers and could have, uh, records aren't clear, but about 10,000 people could have been killed. Dang, man. Yeah, if the government can't make money off of it, they're going to stop anybody that can, I'm telling you. You know some of my other conspiracies that I feel about that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, the U.S. has some very... We have some interesting history, we have some great history, and then we have some really dark history. It's it's kind of a big mix, but I, you know, who what country really doesn't? Yeah, that's just the nature of history, man, for sure. So we are going to hop into our jelly donut, which is our jail report. Micah, what kind of arrest stories do we got this week? July 4th arrest stories. Don't we know that July 4th celebrating is always fun? And you can only imagine what these people have been arrested for. So let's get started. A Houston man, shout out to here in Texas, was driving with a lit barbecue pit in the back of his truck. Um, and he was pulled over and he was intoxicated over the .08 legal limit. But yeah, he had a lit barbecue pit in the back when he was asked why it was still lit and everything. He said that he was trying to finish his brisket before he got home. Wow. That's, uh, man, that man really was drunk. For sure, for sure. That's crazy. Riding around. That's dangerous, dude. That's really dangerous. It really is. Okay. This one also happened in the Houston area. I don't know why it's Houston, Houston. But um, there was a rapper who had lyrics about robbing ATMs on the 4th of July. And um, the the song was literally called Fireworks, apparently. They actually did rob these ATMs. They caught them on camera. 
and they found out that the getaway car was rented by Hertz. They literally went back to the Hertz location, tracked it back, figured out it was this rapper kid, and arrested him. <laughs> found all the money on him, too. Um, but they linked it back to... They, they found out the location because they were talking about a hideout in the Motel 6 in the song. And apparently they found the song on social media and tracked it back Hertz and that way. Wow. Number one, why would you go through a rental company? Uh, because they have to get your credit card, all that stuff. They got all that information on file to rob somewhere. That's dumb. And number two, why would you put that stuff in a song? that Anything that could be linked back to you. That's just sloppy. Heck yeah. And it apparently it was him and four other suspects, and they hit five ATMs in the area in about a five-mile radius. That's wild, man. All right, so the next one, and this one is a crazy one. Woman in Oregon uh, allegedly goes to jail because she blew her husband's hands off with fireworks. Not really sure what happened. Um, looks like potentially caught cheating situation based on the quotes, and I'll go into why. But uh, essentially this woman gave fireworks to her husband and apparently put some sort of adhesive substance on the fireworks so it stuck to his hands. So when he lit it and went to throw the fireworks, it stuck to his hand, then blowing off several fingers and on his left hand blew off the majority of his left hand. And so the woman responded when police show up, shows up and says, Nobody has another woman in my house uh, around my kids, and he deserves to have his hands blown off. So um, she was arrested with a plethora of, uh, but they, I mean, they got her with uh, assault with a deadly weapon, which is crazy too. I mean, fire, fireworks are an explosive, so, and number two, number two, uh, my man shouldn't have been cheating, but also, like, that, that is, that is not warrant anything hell hath no fury like a woman scorn i'm telling you man you cheat on the wrong woman you gonna end up dead you shouldn't be cheating at all but i'm telling you dude like some of these women they are vengeful they will slowly poison you i'm telling you don't do it it's not worth it hands off don't do it don't do it gosh all right here's another one uh passenger on a flight um that was leaving houston airport causes an emergency landing on the fourth of july because Jesus told her to. So apparently this lady on a flight to Houston causes emergency landing because uh, she shoved a flight attendant and was upset because it was the 4th of July and she wanted to fly to Ohio. Uh, not really sure why she wasn't flying to Ohio in the first place. But then the story became, it's the 4th of July and Jesus told me to fly to Ohio. Well, they were already on the plane, pushed back, all that stuff. So she goes and she reaches for an emergency handle um, to open the door. And so then they restrained her. But yeah, she literally tried to get off because Jesus told her to fly to Ohio. Well, if Jesus told you to fly to Ohio, then get on the right plane to go to Ohio. I'm telling you, you can't be doing all that, dude. I don't know if Jesus was really telling you to go to Ohio. But if he was, you ain't on the right plane. That's a you problem. Okay. Uh, This next one is from the great state of Florida. Shout out, Florida. A man crashes a stolen ambulance into a Whataburger and then runs into the kitchen. So apparently this guy enters the wrong end of the Whataburger drive-thru. So he tried to get into the drive-thru after stealing an ambulance and initially hit the little drive-thru lane sign that hangs over. 
and apparently turned and clipped the corner of the building. So what ends up happening is he backs up and he tried to correct, apparently making it worse. So what happened, all the employees were out looking and so he tried to walk in the door and said, while I'm here, I might as well get a sandwich. Bro, that sounds like you're driving on GTA, bro. That sounds like it, for real. <laughs> People be playing GTA too much. They just think they can hit stuff and run <laughs> over stuff and no consequences that are happening. I'm telling you, man. I'm just saying I would love to see the footage of this, of this guy, you know, hitting the sign. And he goes, oh, that sucks. So he backs up. You know, turns, and he probably hits the sign again even worse this time. Now he hits the building, and he goes, oh, shoot. Okay, so then he backs up. Then he hits it again. Now the employees are outside. Everybody's got the attention. So he hops out, and he just walks over there and tries to walk past these people. It's like, you know, I might as well get a burger while I'm here. Um, The exact line is, I might as well get a sandwich while I'm here. Here's another one. This one's uh, an interesting one. So... A altercation ensued over a barbecue pit. Um, it was over between a dad and a son, or stepson. Sorry, that's important. And apparently, they were having <laughs> an altercation about how the barbecue should be done. Um, and for some reason, I just want to be like, "Listen, son, coals it." It's like, no, no. I'm telling you, it's propane, propane. Sounds like a Hank Hill fight. It's it, what it sounds like. Um, so apparently they, they're they fighting, right? And so the fight then goes to the ground. So the dad ends up on top of his stepson and headbutts him in the head. Ends up killing him, apparently. No way. And so, and so now he's going to jail for manslaughter, but yeah. Dang, that's crazy. That's the cookout that got a little too wild. That's wild. Apparently they were having a 4th of July party. And her boyfriend um, went behind her back and left the party and went drinking at a bar. So the rest um, affidavit says that the woman was confrontational and went to her boyfriend's uh, place or went to the bar and accused him of being unfaithful to her and everything, which he wasn't being. Apparently he was just there having a beer. And so she literally dragged him out by his hair. He had long hair drug him out of the bar by his hair, ripping some out apparently, and told him to get into the car. He refused to then get in the car, where she then pulls out a kitchen knife from her pants pocket and tells him to get in the car. He then refuses again, so she stabs him multiple times, and uh, he ends up getting away, but it's like, dang, dude... (laughs) Dude, he needs to get away from that, man. And first of all, she's carrying a kitchen knife in her pocket. Uh-uh, bro. Don't be playing with her. Don't be playing, man. Uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. I was like, that's real crazy. All right, the last one here. So a woman sets fire to her boyfriend's house after another woman answers his phone at a... It's another 4th of July party. So apparently, they were having a 4th of July at the boyfriend's house. Um, his girlfriend then girlfriend um went home because she was not feeling well so whenever so later on apparently the girlfriend tries to call the boyfriend back and another woman answers the phone and she didn't know this woman from the party at all so apparently this upset so much him so much that he went she went to his house and lit his living room couch on fire (laughs) and then apparently 
she recorded a video of the couch in flames, which she then sent to him. And apparently, they weren't home at the time. And apparently, she caused about $250,000 worth of damage uh, while the house was on fire. And then, um, the uh, reportedly, the text said, with the video of the couch on fire, I hope your house is okay. Happy 4th of July. Dang, dude. I'm telling you, nuts, those females be wildin', dude. They nuts, be whirling. They be yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's the jail report. That's crazy stuff, huh? Fourth of July, dude. People get crazy, and uh, I don't know if it's the heat. I don't know if it's the alcohol, but people get people get wild. It's it's both. Please drink responsibly. If you're going to drink, please drink responsibly. I can't stress that yeah, enough. Get you can't a ride too, enough, please. All right, well, we're gonna jump into the donut hole. And what do you got for us for the donut hole? So something that we got to be interesting. The United States, we love our uh, stupid stories that, uh, for some reason, people believe. And you're sitting here going, oh my gosh. And we all know these people, your aunts, your uncles, the people who are spreading these stories on Facebook. So I have put together the top six or seven, seven stories that literally, um, the website Snopes. Have you heard Snopes before? It's a fact-checking site. Never heard of Snopes. Well, it's a it's a fact-checking site, and essentially, if you've seen any fake story on um, on Facebook or whatever, and it even seems halfway real, you can go to this web website called Snopes, and literally look it up and see if it's been. And this is their top stories from the last few years, and then um, top stories of all time. So let's start with the first one. Apparently, there was a Facebook story that went around that said, Should travelers always keep a bread clip in their wallet? Apparently, a lot of people, this was one of their biggest um, ads on Facebook or clickbaits on Facebook. And apparently, it's, it's false, obviously, but the ad claimed, Always keep a bread clip in your wallet uh, when traveling. Here's why. But every time you would click on one of these, you know, clickbait about the bread clip, all that would be mentioned is that you can use it as a guitar pick, a tool to scratch lottery tickets. There was also ones that said you could use it to keep track of your drinks at a party, label keys, and keep things organized. However, it doesn't really offer any, like, travel tips of why you should keep a bread clip on you at all times but apparently that was one that was uh one of the most shared in 2022 throughout facebook well that's dumb that sounds like a very dumb article uh this next one i'm sure you've probably heard this one but it was a bruce willis death hoax that went all over facebook and is still apparently going through facebook this is one of the biggest ones that uh, bruce willis had died in mid-november of 2022 there's been an update of it to where they're saying uh january of 2023 but, yeah, apparently it's a, a pretty wide death hoax that has been going around on Facebook, and a lot of people have been sharing it. Um, what do you think about these death hoaxes that come about on Facebook? I think it's really crazy how quickly that stuff spreads. Yeah, I always try to look it up if I ever see something like that. And then if I see multiple people, like, posting it, and it's, like, from a reputable site, then I'm like, oh, okay, cool, but... I always look at the website that it's posted from. Right. If it's if it's from a place that's like I am not real. Dot us, you know, it's not. It's not. Or real. TMZ. Don't believe it. All right, next one, and you'll think this one is really funny because when we were growing up in the early era of Facebook, right? When we were growing up in the early era of Facebook and everything, we saw a lot, especially when Barack Obama was president, all sorts of these fake news stories about, um, oh, he's not really from here. Or, oh, he's, you know, 
turning the country Muslim and all this other stuff, right? So apparently there's another one that is going around, right, that says if former, if, um, you know, President Biden ends up rerunning for the election, that he's going to choose Barack Obama as his running mate, as would be his vice president. And, you know, the thing is, it's kind of a gray area in our constitution of whether or not he could come back, but it is highly unlikely. You know, the verbiage does say that you, you know, it literally says that no person shall be elected to office of the president more than twice. And no person who has held the office of president or acted as president could be elected as president once again. But that does leave that, you know, you could come back for vice president. But most of the time when you, our president, you're kind of retired after that. Like, you don't come back into politics at all. But the, I think it's really dumb that it's like, oh, if he gets reelected, Obama's coming back. Oh, and then they're probably like, well, then it'll be a conspiracy. And then they'll kill Biden and da-da-da, so Barack Obama can go, come back to the office. Yeah. It's like, and he'll be the dictator all over again. And so, yeah. Um, I just, I thought that was funny because I'll tell you, like I said, through all of childhood and everything, it seemed like we saw a million of those. All right. So this one is Facebook's biggest scam that is going around, uh, and it's being shared by people left and right. Um, Amazon is giving away pallets of lost packages. So essentially here in 2022, there's been a lot of Facebook posts and it's been reshared a bunch that Amazon warehouses are giving away packages of lost or away pallets of lost packages for a dollar each. The items included pallets that were appliances, iPhones, and various kitchen products. However, none of it was true. And what it would end up happening is there was a button that said apply now. So you would apply now. And what ends up happening is you would put all your uh, bank information and then they would clear out your bank. Dang, that's a scam. That's a scam. That's a lick for sure. If anywhere asks for your bank information, unless you're actually purchasing something, nah, fam. And then there's other variants of it that did uh, data harvesting, such as getting people's social security numbers and also getting access to their social media via getting their credentials through putting, you know, asking, okay, what's your Facebook login? And, you know, people putting their Facebook login and stuff like that. But that was the biggest scam going around Facebook, and it still is today. <laughs> this next one's a little interesting. Tagline, Bill Gates is releasing genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida. Here's the whole story. Believe it or not, it's a mixture of a true and a false story. It sounds like one of those, like, oh, okay. So Bill Gates himself is not exactly releasing mosquitoes into the wild. However, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation did award grants to a funded company called Bio or, called, or a biotech company called uh, Ozitech. So they were developing genetically modified mosquitoes to help reduce the spread of malaria to mosquito-borne diseases in certain locations around the world. So in 2021, it was announced that they would release 150,000 mosquitoes across locations in Florida. However, uh, Snopes did a particular project and was looking and found out that it was not actually funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation itself, but a subsidiary foundation. So it's like kind of true, but it's not like Bill Gates is out there 
<laughs> or at least yeah, the it's like he's right not. He, this, that man's probably just chilling right now. That man. Ain't he's just trying nothing. to make his money. If it's if it says it's gonna make money, he's like, shoot, release the mosquitoes. I don't care. It's not gonna be me. But I thought that was kind of interesting. That that was actually kind of true. That um, you know they're releasing genetically modified mosquitoes. All right, so. You ready for this one? I'm sure a lot of people, if you've used Facebook, you know this one. This is Facebook's number one of all time. And it keeps coming back and apparently it just keeps making resurgences. You want to take a guess, Chris? I don't know. I couldn't. The, uh, the tagline is Facebook will start charging this summer. Oh, I've never heard of that. You've never heard of that one? Uh, it keeps going around every every few years that Facebook will start charging. Um, that it'll start costing money that you'll have to pay for a membership and pretty much the the one that came out was there was a fake facebook that said facebook official and that was the profile title and they posted something that said it's official signed at 1033 um facebook will start charging this summer if you post this on your wall an icon uh and turn your icon blue uh, your Facebook will be free for you, but you have to pass this message along. P.S. This is serious. You have to turn your icon blue. I'm assuming they're talking about your profile picture. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's the profile picture for sure. But my thing is, I think it's pretty crazy. I, I've seen a lot of that go around where people will share it or they'll say something about it. It's like, uh, pass along this message and, you know, you're you won't have to pay for it and all this it's like why would they do that that's really dumb so the last one and this was a this was the number two most looked at fact check and also um one that went around facebook i had never heard it before but the muffin man the song you know do you know the muffin man was actually a warning to kids about a 16th century serial killer and basically the article goes on about how you shouldn't let your kids sing it or teach it to your children. But apparently uh, the nursery rhyme was supposed to be about a 16th century serial killer uh, who was a baker who entices their young victims by pulling a muffin down or pulling a muffin down the cobblestone streets of Lubbock with sorry folks from Lubbock London uh, <laughs> with a string. And, you know, a lot of times you had poor kids back then. So, you know, they would see something like that and they would kind of die for it in the streets. And apparently he would lure them back to like an alleyway and kill them. And so the song The Muffin Man is like a cautionary tale of stay away from them. Well, that makes, I mean, I would believe that. That kind of sounds like, that sounds plausible. So what's the, what's the origin actually? So the origin is unproven that that's actually what it is. So there was a case at the time that there, his name was Frederick Thomas Linwood. And the song, um, was made to talk about him. And apparently he was a serial killer. He did kill 15 children and seven rival patriot or pastry chefs. No official records found at the time. It's all word of mouth, so there's nothing actually legitimate, but so it's unproven at this point, but it does appear that that could have possibly been a thing. That makes logical sense to me, because I'm like, why do we sing that song? But now that you give me the story, that makes sense. Total sense. But that was was another one that went around Facebook a good bit, and, uh, you know, it talked about there's different versions of the song. Um, You've probably heard of, like, Lives on Drury Lane. Uh, apparently there's one that's Dorset Lane, and Dorset Lane was known as the worst street in London, 
and that's where a lot of murders happened, and that's where Jack the Ripper was uh, a lot as well. So, and it could be with theory. But did you know that there's a uh, animated series? Uh, it's called Gotham by Gaslight, and it's about Batman going back to the uh, Jack the Ripper times, and he's actually trying to catch Jack the Ripper. No, is is it a, just a just a cartoon? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a cartoon movie. It's kind of a nice little spinoff. All right, well, we're going to hop into one of my favorite segments, which is the Mystery Donut. That's the improv segment. And guess what? Mike and I have got a good surprise for you guys. The guys are back at the coffee shop this month, this week, this year, whatever today is. Um, but it's great. I'm excited for it because we I don't think we've done it. We've maybe done it like once, season two. Yeah, we haven't done it a ton. And... Um... Hopefully my voice is good enough for the smoker. I hope I don't have to cough my lungs out. Well, there real. you go. Uh, so I guess I'll start, or unless you want to start. I can start it. Well, fellas, it's the 4th of July. Aren't you glad that we get to be in this great, great American country? Yep, yep. Best country on earth. Best country on earth. You know why? Because guess what? On the eighth day, God created America. Remember that story in the Bible where Jesus flew over America? Oh wait, that's the that's the book of Mormon. That's the book of Mormon. Jesus, I don't. I, did Jesus fly over America? I think he did. Remember when he was he was born in Pennsylvania? That's where he was born, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I don't know about all that. Now listen, if he was from anywhere, it was from Arkansas. Don't you know that's where the Ark is too? They had that Ark over there. That's where that's where that's where Moses and all of them were at too. I tell you that much. I'm, I'll let you know. I think the the second coming's gonna be in the south. South part of the United States, tell you that much, is God's gift to the earth and he gonna come back to his gift. Why would he just leave us behind? I don't think he gonna do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. If Jesus was born anywhere, it was in Brooklyn. I mean, you read that story in the Bible of him flipping over tables, over whipping people? That sounds like my cousin Vinny from down the street. Hey, no, man. That's not your cousin Vinny. That's my cousin Jorge. Listen, down the road, you don't know what they're talking about, okay? Literally, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Back in Mexico, everything is crazy over there, you know what I'm saying? This 4th of July stuff, there's no there's no shooting of the guns. There's no nothing. You don't have no fun. Y'all aren't up till 3 in the morning. Hey, man, Juan, listen here, buddy. I know they do things a little bit different down in Mexico, but this is America. And I'll tell you this much. At the 4th of July parade, everybody better be standing. There better be no kneeling for the flag. You know what they say? I stand for the flag and kneel at the cross. Know what I say? Oh, I tell you this much. You know what I love about 4th of July? Everybody, everybody close down. Everybody close down. That means my business only place in town that open. So your stupid fat behind come to my place and gonna eat tonight. That is what I'm excited about. Oh, Hans, it's all these stupid American weaklings. You guys are so weak with your chicken nuggets and your weak immune system. That is why Germany is the I best. I don't think Germany is best. I think Russia is best. But I am not a popular figure in the times now with everything that is going on. I wish that uh, I was more widely accepted, but uh, it is not a thing. Hey, hey, I tell you that. World War WW2, we beat both of you guys. We beat both of y'all. America's the best. Nagasaki, wipe the map. Hiroshima, wipe the map. Know why? Because we're the best. <laughs> All I'm going to say is we whipped your tail. 
I was in Vietnam. Hey, 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 are you guys going down to the 4th of July parade down over there on Main Street? Nah, i tell you why. I heard Danny Evans is going to be there. Headlining act. I decided I wasn't going to be a part of it. Oh, and let me tell you this much, brother. I hope that Cindy, Cindy Williams is down there with them big stars and stripes. And give him your old Pastor Williams a good old 4th of July. I'll tell you this much. I don't think that anybody here has any respect. Any respect for my part of the country. Oh, well, I got to go. I got to cook up a big old brisket for 4th of July. Have beer and uh, have my neighbors fight on the on the lawn like redneck. Yeah, I got to go too. My wife says I got to cook a brisket too. And uh, I said, why can't we just go out and go to the Golden K-Rail? But uh, she don't, she don't want to do that now. Whoa, 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 Susan B. Anthony with your skirt up there. You're not going to be leaving me with the tab again. Now I think we need to say the 4th of July prayer. Don't you think so, Brother Chris? Oh, Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for the land of the free and the home of the brave. And we thank you for the French fries and the American food like pizza and cannolis and pasta. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all these things, and we ask Jesus that we're at the 4th of Parade, and we can't help but bounce our eyes on Jesus for all the good things that you have created before us, and if we can't, Lord, we're sorry for it. And all God's kids say it. Amen. Alright, well that was our improv segment, so we're going to move into our last segment, which is our positive advice. Clear and so, Micah, I think it's your turn to go first. All right, uh, my biggest thing, and this is something that's really hard for me right now, uh, is don't take things too serious. You could trip on a ton of stuff every single day, right? And what I mean by that is, uh, I, I heard something the other day and it just kind of epitomizes what, uh, what all this means. So, Chris, let me ask you a question, man. If, um, if I told you I'm going to pay you a million dollars for for today's work, like what you did today. Uh, you're going to be happy about that million dollars? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be super. And what if I said, you know what? There, there's a tax to be paid, and so I'm going to have to take 10000 of that. Are you going to be upset still that you're going to get 990 I'll tell you this much. It's the same thing in life about the little things and getting to you. There's so much good that's happening to you, right? But we always focus on the very small points of, uh, of you know, bad that go on that we forget about how rich and full our lives really, really are. And so focus on the fact that we're getting the 990000 and we're only getting to miss out on those 10000 when, you know, your boss says something to you that you don't really like. Whenever uh, your spouse says something to you that you don't really like. Whenever you have things happen in your life to where you feel like you've been shorted or cheated or something's just not really going your way or life's not being fair or anything like that there's still a lot to be grateful for and it's really hard to see it sometimes and it's really easy to let some of those things really get to you but at the same time 
just just remember, it's it's a very small thing. Don't let it ruin your day. I thought you were gonna go about the tithes and offerings. Uh, that's where my mind went. Uh, I'll have to use that. I, I could if you want. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, mine is, hey, change is coming, so. Uh, change is a good thing, and so uh, a lot of us don't like change, but change can be a good thing. Change helps us shake things up, helps keep it fresh, and so when change does come, man, you just got to be willing to roll with the punches. There's been a lot of things that have been changing uh, at work, and so for me, I'm, I don't really like it, especially whenever I have to change the way that I do things or change new processes or systems, but change is coming, and you can either fight it um, and go against the flow, and change is eventually going to happen, or you can be flexible. Um, sometimes change is not a good thing, and yes, you should uh, fight for the things that are important to you, but pick your hill to die on, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to pick your battle, so change is definitely a good thing. So when you're when change comes, uh, the more flexible you are, the easier process it is. You may not like it, but if you're at least willing to be flexible, it's a good okay, man. Good, good word, good word. I'm going to do the plug now. So, tvtrashcan.com. That's tvtrashcan.com. So, added something real interesting here lately, Chris, to tvtrashcan.com. Kind of an interesting idea. I don't even know if anybody cares about it. But um, I put a little playlist on there of all the old music videos that we used to watch rap-wise. Like, literally just all the stuff that we used to think was cool. Because I was literally watching something the other day. And it was Lee With It, Rock With It by them franchise boys. And I, I literally watched that music video and I was like, I remember watching this music video and thinking, oh man, that's so cool. And I already know that's something that my kids are going to be like, oh, y'all thought that was cool? That's goofy. But it's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool. And nostalgia is really in right now. I don't know if you've seen that. Like everybody wants to be nostalgic and think back about some of that stuff. So if you grew up in that golden era of rap, we got that playlist on there for you. Of course, we got all of our other good streaming stuff. Um, and then we got our YouTube, Spotify, however you be listening. you know. And, of course, we got our socials to go follow and like and subscribe and comment and all that good jazz. So I think it's time to take this donut box out to the trash. Sorry for all of our foreign listeners that were like, man, 4th of July doesn't really pertain to us. But we hope you guys have a happy 4th of July. Hope you have a great life. You know, all that good stuff. So, we're going to sign off. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast.